Kinsey Presnell, and this is Kindle and Kerosene, a podcast where I share stories and strategies to inspire, encourage, and challenge you to ignite your life. Whether you need a spark to get started or fuel to keep going, you're in the right place. Let's go. Welcome to Kindle and Kerosene. I'm Kinsey Presnell, and I am so very excited that you're here today. I hope that your November is off to a great start. It's so crazy. I can't even believe that we are already into November and officially entering the holiday season. It's funny, but like I'm already seeing Christmas lights all over the place, and I don't really remember our neighbors like decorating so early in years past, but I don't know, maybe in the midst of so much craziness, maybe people just like want some happy and hey, I love them for that. Now, I'm not sure about you, but it seems like the weeks are moving faster and faster and faster as we get closer to the holidays. I swear we were just getting like ready for back to school after the forever long spring break that we had, you know, from March to August. And now we're staring like in the face of Thanksgiving and Christmas. My kids are making their Christmas list. I'm like, oh my goodness, we're already planning out Thanksgiving menu. It's crazy how fast it's going. And as we think about Thanksgiving and this holiday season, I just really want to encourage you, before I even get started in my episode for today, just let's make an effort to pause and to just look around. I talked about the importance of gratitude when I talked about the harvest last week, but I really, really want to challenge you to take the time to notice all of the good around you. I know that we are in a time right now of great division, of just unkindness, of just, I don't, chaos. I don't even have the right words even to describe kind of what we're living through right now, but there is good still around you. It's all around you. And so I just want to encourage you to to look for that. Maybe some days you have to look harder than others, but look for it and acknowledge it. You know, give thanks out loud because we really do have so much to be thankful for. And make it a family thing, you know, as we enter into the season of Thanksgiving, like encourage your kids, get your spouse involved. As you think about taking on this challenge, I want to remind you that you somebody is always watching you. And if you have kids, you already know that because they copy everything that you do. But it's not just the little people in your life that notice things. Your family members, your coworkers, the people in the grocery store, your neighbors, they're all watching you. And grateful people just are different. They live differently, they walk differently, they carry themselves differently. And those people, those in those people that you have the opportunity to influence throughout your day, they might just notice how you seem a bit more joyful and a bit more fulfilled and a bit more kind and a bit more patient and just more grateful for the life that you have. And this might inspire them to do the same. You just never know. So take the time to stop, to look around, to make a list, to say things out loud that you're grateful for. And if you're struggling to find some, I would encourage you just to step outside and look around. You can start there. But on to this week's episode before I get on a gratitude uh, kick there. As I prepare for these things, I always like to look for themes in my conversations and in my life that seem to just intersect. 
And when they do, I usually can pretty much assume that at least somebody else that's out there listening might benefit from hearing about, you know, whatever that conversation was or that theme seemed to be. And last week, that theme that just came up over and over and over was willpower. Just conversation after conversation about a lack of willpower, wanting more willpower, um, just I don't have the willpower, whatever it was, like it just kept coming up over and over. Then maybe it was because people are still staring at Halloween candy and simultaneously thinking about all of the foods and temptation that they're going to face like throughout the holidays or the fact that their schedule during the holiday season, maybe it'll be a little bit more packed so they're not sure how they're going to stay consistent in the gym. I don't know, but I, I had multiple conversations with different people, not just inside the gym, but outside the gym as well, that all came back to this one thing, and that was willpower. And as I thought about willpower, I began to think how we as humans act and deal with things on a daily basis. Like There's a lot of demand on us. We're busy. We're stressed. We're overworked. We're underappreciated. Many of us are struggling in multiple ways. We're being pulled in so many directions. Just think about an average day. Think about an average day. Getting out of bed when your alarm clock goes off instead of hitting snooze. All right, that takes willpower. Sitting in traffic and not completely losing your mind, that takes willpower. Not losing it on a coworker that never seems to get things done or that asks you the same question like 400 times, that takes willpower. Keeping it together when your kids are arguing in the backseat of the car, that takes willpower. Like not only are we faced with situations that require us to keep control, but each day we face hundreds and hundreds of decisions before we even walk out the door to work. We decide what to wear. We decide what to pack for lunch, what we're going to eat for breakfast. We decide what way we'll drive to work. Then we get in the car. We have to deal with stressors like traffic and kids and emails and texts and meetings and notifications and appointments. Then we go to work, right? We work and with all the, the stuff that goes on at work. And then we get home to more responsibilities. It's like no wonder when we finally get in the kitchen, like we get it cleaned up, we've cooked dinner now, we've helped with homework. Like no wonder that pint of ice cream is like calling your name out of the freezer. In the end, we eat the ice cream, and now we blame our decision on the fact that we just have no willpower. But that's not really the truth. See, willpower is a limited resource. It is a limited resource. You only have so much. It's not something that you can train. You really can't get more of it. And unfortunately, so many of us are spending every single ounce of willpower we have just to get through the day that by the time we get home and finally relax, it's like totally gone. So we grab the ice cream or order the pizza or pour the extra glass of wine or skip the workout. We've simply used up this very small supply just by doing the things that we do each and every single day. And what sucks even more is that once we cave and make the poor choice, we beat ourselves up about it like we can't even get over it. And this starts just a nasty cycle that we've all likely experienced. It's like you make one bad choice and all of a sudden we're down a rabbit hole of bad choices. And then rinse, repeat. I'll start back over Monday. Right? I know I've been there and have a feeling you've probably been there too. What if you stopped blaming your lack of willpower for your choices? 
What if you stopped blaming your lack of willpower for your choices? Guys, willpower is not your problem. Willpower is not your problem. You're not weak. You don't suck. It's not that you don't have willpower. Here's what it is. We're humans. We're humans. And humans are wired to take the easy route. We will almost always take the path that is easier, the path of least resistance. And back in the day, this was a mode of survival. If you were out living off the land and you had, like, you had to take the path of least resistance, right? Food may have been scarce, energy had to be conserved, and I'm guessing you had to jump on every opportunity for an easier way. Hunting close by and taking advantage of downtime to sleep might very well mean the difference between life and death. So we had to take the path of least resistance. It was encouraged. That's what we were supposed to do. But we don't live in the hunter-gatherer days. We don't. We live in the modern world. Everything is set up to be quick and easy. Fast food, microwaves, 20-minute workout, quick fix, grocery delivery, Netflix. Heck, we don't even have to watch commercials. Right, like we're watching The Mandalorian with our kids, and they, it's, their mind is blown that we have to wait a, whole, wait a whole week to watch the next episode. Like they can't even fathom that because normally they're used to popping on the TV and they have a whole season in front of them. Right? It's quick, it's easy. But this easy route doesn't, like, it doesn't set us up for success all the time. Think about it. After a hard day at work where you feel stressed and tired, what's the easier route? Flipping on the TV, grabbing a spoon, and going to town on some Ben and Jerry's? Or sitting down with your journal, breathing in the quiet for a few minutes, and actually working through your stress? Obviously, we know which one is, you know, more beneficial. And okay, it's not like that one is necessarily harder than the other. However, TV and ice cream, they require zero mental effort. They're easy while the journal and the stress management takes a bit more time and thinking. It's all about how easy each action is. If the ice cream was already in the freezer and the remote was waiting on the couch, like maybe you even had a blanket waiting there for you, guess what the path, guess what's the path of least resistance? It's like, come on, Ben and Jerry's, it is snuggle time. I'm going to totally de-stress and melt in this, into this couch. However, what if you had to drive to the store to get the ice cream? What if you had to get the remote from another room and put batteries in it before turning on the TV? Right? It's no longer the easy route. The journal and the quiet time is looking a little bit better now. See, it's not that you don't have willpower. You do have willpower. Some. We can all do something for a little while until we can't. We can follow a ridiculously strict eating plan where our macros line up perfectly and, you know, we're seeing all these amazing results that we want to see. We can do that for a little while until something happens that drains us, which unfortunately would be life, right? This is what happens. And this is why diets fail miserably. We rely on willpower to get us through. Try willpowering your way through the Thanksgiving table. I mean, I don't know why in the world you would do that, but Hopefully you get my point. You could probably make it through the meal. You probably could. But what about the leftovers or the cake that gets sent home? 
Again, you can probably willpower your way for another day or two or maybe three. But like by Sunday, it's like that mac and cheese and that cake is calling your name, like from the fridge. I always think of it like a whole 30 when I think about willpower because I've done way too many of those. And for most of them, I did them all for the wrong reasons. But like I've learned, I've got some pretty dang good willpower. It's carried me through almost the entire 30 days. Like I am golden for about 28 days. And then I can kind of like hold on. But guess who is usually completely off the rails by day 31? Or on those few where I swore, like I swore I'm doing this for the right reasons. I'm going to slowly reintroduce the food at the end. Okay, now it's day 35. Now who's totally off the rails? That would be me. Completely like in the Whataburger line probably, which I don't ever eat fast food. Not only was this making me like mentally crazy because I don't like to feel restricted and I do eat really clean most of the time, but I don't like to feel restricted in things that I absolutely cannot have. I don't like thinking I can't have like, I don't know, something period. But like it was causing me to have decision fatigue and really search for the easy routes in other areas of my life, such as relationships and work. And that was something that I found very interesting about that process. And I'm not knocking Whole30 because I think if you do Whole30 for the right reasons, it's an amazing program, right? But I know for me personally, I relied 100% on willpower to get through it. And because I was spending so much energy just trying to get through Whole30, different areas of my life started to suffer, Right? I couldn't hold this all together in every aspect of my life because I was spending so much just trying not to eat what I wasn't supposed to eat for the 30 days. So if we can't rely on willpower, how do we actually accomplish the things that we want to do if we're wired to take the easy way? And it's all about, right? drum roll please, because I already know you probably know the answer, it's all about habits. But as you get started, you have to make the habits you want to create fall into the path of least resistance. You have to. You can't try to change everything and make everything hard, right? That sets us up for failure. I've talked about this with so many people, and I really do think this is the key. You have to 100% set yourself up for success. 100%. There is no ifs, ands, or buts. You have to set yourself up for success, regardless of what change you're trying to make. This means that we must make an effort to make the things we want to do easier and the things that we want to stop doing harder. Let's think about how so many of us approach a new habit. I'm going to give three examples here just to help you kind of see like how you can actually set yourself up for success and hopefully these will transition into whatever habit or change that you're trying to make and the first one is exercise exercise is almost always my default example because it's pretty much what my life revolves around so let's just say that you've decided that you're going to get back into working out right i'm going to do it i'm going to start working out again and maybe you've heard that it takes 21 days to form a habit which, by the way, isn't actually true. Research shows it's more like 66 days, but whatever. We're just going to go with the 21. So the plan is to get up early and exercise every day for 21 days. 
Because after 21 days, you're always going to quote unquote feel like it, right? Because it's just going to be a, a habit. Mind you, you haven't exercised consistently in six months, eight months, nine months, five years, whatever it is. But you're going to get up early. You're going to get to the 5 a.m. crowd at the gym. And you're going to do that every single day for 21 days. Right? This whole feeling like it thing after 21 days. That's a whole different episode. So I'm not even going to touch on whether or not like you feel like doing something. But overall, showing up for 21 days should not be that hard, right? Well, the first few days are great. They're awesome. You get up early. You're motivated. You show up to the gym with like a little pep in your step. Like you're ready to go. Like you are getting bouncing out of bed when that alarm clock goes off. By day six, you slept in. You didn't make it to the gym. And then day seven through 21 kind of follow the same pattern. You go one day. You don't go one day. Oh, I'll do it later. Oh, I'll start again tomorrow. We know that 21 days isn't hard. But why do we so often stop short of the habits that we so desperately want to create? Right? So often we do that. We we say that we want something so bad, but then we stop short of the habits that are going to take us there. So sticking with the example, like how could you make it easier for yourself to get up and exercise? How can we make this easy? Set us up for success. Like with any habit or skill you're trying to develop, the first step is to eliminate the decisions necessary to get you there. Like take all the decisions out of the equation. As you're starting, maybe you have your workout clothes already laid out the night before. I know that sounds so stupid, but just getting out of bed and now figuring out, okay, what am I going to wear to the gym? Like do these leggings work? Do these shorts work? Is this tank top too much? Do I need a t-shirt? Whatever it is. Like it's a lot of decisions, even though it doesn't seem like it is. It's still three, four, five decisions you have to make just to get dressed. Go ahead and pack your water bottle. That way you don't have to dig through. Find where it is. Now fill it up with water. Oh, my kids are sleeping. I better not drop the ice into the stainless steel water bottle, right? Maybe you write out your workout plan ahead of time. Or better yet, join a gym like Fixed on Fitness where this is already done for you. Like I know none of that seems like a big deal, like picking out your clothes or packing your bag or thinking about what workout you're going to do, but they all take energy and more energy than you're giving them credit for, I bet. But each extra bit of energy makes it tougher for your brain to actually nail down these habits. Remember, we are wired for the easy way. We are wired for the easy way. So the easier we can make it, the better off we are. Another trick, get your shoes on as fast as possible. Like for some reason, once we've actually laced up our shoes, our brain thinks it's harder to take them off than it is just to follow through with our plan to exercise. Like obviously, we know it's easier to take the shoes off and get back in bed, but the brain's pretty easy to trick. So something triggers in the brain that tells us we might as well just go because we've already laced up those shoes. Like we've already shifted from I'm staying home to I'm leaving just by lacing up our shoes. So make it easy if you're trying to start a new habit like exercise or running, whatever whatever it is, going to the gym, you got to make it easy for yourself. Number two, eating. Eating. Something I would say that probably most of us struggle more with than showing up to the gym. So what if you're trying to clean up your snack choices? 
right? Snack time in our house hits about three o'clock. It's right when we get home from school. It's like everything stops and everyone is dying for a snack. Like I'm not even hungry, but now I'm starving and I want all the food, right? Three o'clock every day. I'm not sure if that's what happens to you, but the three o'clock snack time for real, it is a real thing in our house. So what's the path of least resistance? Is it the veggies and the fruit that you've now got to pull out of the fridge, wash, chop, and then eat? Or the chips and the crackers that are in front and center of the pantry? All you got to do is stick your hand in the bag. Hmm. Making the good choice and then washing, chopping, and plating your snack seems way harder than reaching for the junk in the pantry. We're talking maybe two minutes, but it's still, and your brain seems a lot harder. How do we make the healthy choice the easier choice? I'd love to tell you that it requires no extra work, but the reality is you've got to prep. Maybe you cut up and wash your fruit and veggies over the weekend. That way they're already in the fridge and all you got to do is take it out and grab it. Maybe you go a step further and you put them into bags with maybe some meat and cheese so that all you have to do is grab the bag and snack is ready. If you don't want to prep, maybe you buy like the little Applegate snack packs and keep them in the fridge. Now that makes the healthy choice easier, right? That step one, make the healthy choice easier. But we've also got to make the unhealthy choice harder. So let's get the crap food out from eye level. If you have kids and they have like, quote unquote, their food, which is another rabbit hole that I'm not going to go down today, that is totally okay. It doesn't have to mean that it's eye level for you all the time. Make it inconvenient to get to those foods. If you got a weakness for chips, right? Don't buy the big bag. Don't buy the big bag of chips if you know you want to eat them. Buy the little individual ones. And sure, they might cost a few more dollars, but if you're a snacker like me and not willing to open a whole bag because it's a whole bag, right? Like something in my mind says, oh, I'm not going to eat that whole bag, right? Even if my handfuls contain more chips than are actually in the small bags, maybe it's worth it. I always think about it like I tease with Halloween. Like I would never eat a full-size candy bar. Like I would never go to the store and buy a full-size candy bar because it's like a full-size candy bar. But daggum, those little snack size, I know they add up, but they just seem a lot different, right? So like don't buy the big bag of chips. Buy the baby bags. Now you got to actually reach into the pantry and open a whole bag. Then put them on the high shelf behind something that's hard for you to reach. Maybe you put it in a spot where you need a chair to get it down, right? If you're hungry and the choice is a pre-made bag full of fruit and veggies or maybe nuts and seeds, or you have to go get a chair, bring it all the way to the pantry, get the chips, open the chips, and then put the chair away, the healthy choice starts to become the one with least resistance, right? Dessert and sweets are no different. Keep the good stuff in front of you. Like, put it in a way or set it up in a way that makes it a no-brainer. Put the high-quality chocolate on the middle shelf. Get the junk out of the house or put it way out of the way so you have to work to get to it. I would say alcohol fits well in that category, too. Like, if you know you're a beer drinker, don't keep beer in the fridge, (laughs) right? Maybe it's in the pantry if you have a drink on the weekend or something, but now it's a lot harder to go get the beer, put it in the freezer, make it cold, wait for it to be cold. Like by then you just don't want it anymore. And then meals. Like this is why meal planning and prep is vital. If you've had a long day and you're faced with going to Publix, shopping, 
putting the groceries away and then starting to cook. Or you have the option of Chick-fil-A. Like, what's easier? That's like, it's duh, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is right there. It's so much easier. It's not your lack of willpower that sends you to the drive-thru. It's your lack of prep and planning. If you can't prep or plan meals like one week, order them. I'll be honest here. We do not cook in my house. We do not cook at all during the week. We order 14 Primal Nosh meals every single week, and that's what Josh and I eat for lunch and dinner. We do cook like one or two very basic meals for the kids to eat on during the week. And then we have our go-tos to eat out. That's a good option. But shopping, planning, prepping, and cooking is not happening for us with the schedule that we work right now. So this has worked beautifully for us. And I would say, I think a lot of people sometimes feel really bad, like, oh, I don't plan well, or I'm just terrible at food prep. So what? Order something, right? You don't have to meal prep on Sundays to be successful in eating well, right? Order something. Take the path of least resistance. Make it easy for you. For Primal Nosh, I eat what I order. It's that simple. I'm not tempted to grab something quick or grab junk food. Why? Because it's easy. I throw one in the microwave or in the skillet for three minutes. That is way easier than trying to figure out what junk fast food we want because nobody can ever agree on where we're eating for dinner if we don't have a plan. So deciding and then getting in the car and actually driving there, right? The healthy done-for-me meals are the easier option, so that's what I grab period. And then journaling. I'm going to use journaling as an example here because it's something that I always recommend to people, but it's also something that people seem to have a really, really hard time staying consistent with. What happens is like they commit to writing every day for X amount of days, but they fall flat after like three days, right? They do go like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday, Friday roll around and it's another all start Monday again. In most households, the reality is like TV, internet, or social media is a much easier habit than writing in a journal or even reading a book. Not only is it easier, it allows us to step almost into an alternate reality for a little while so that we don't even have to deal with the reality that's happening in our life. So maybe we have to break the media habit and replace it with a more positive one. This is not me saying that you don't need to watch TV or surf the internet, right? I do those things. I think those things are fine. But unfortunately, most of us spend way, way, way too much time on these things. And the funny thing is, we also complain about the fact that we don't have enough time in the day. So first, we've got to make the default habit that we want to break harder. If you know you watch a ton of TV, take the batteries out of the remote, If you get sucked into Facebook or Instagram on your phone, remove the social media apps from your phone. Keep your computer in the office. I'm terrible at this one. Like if my laptop, we don't have a desktop, we have a laptop. So it's always there, right? So keep your computer in the office. Wait, it's not easy. If you can add just a few extra steps to these things, your brain will start to believe that they're harder. Now have a journal with a pen or a great book handy. Like right where that remote was or that laptop normally sits or your phone normally is. Have your journal or a great book. Instead of having to walk into your room, get your journal and then find a pen because it probably went to the bottom of your 
drawer in the nightstand, whatever, like it's already there ready for you and it's easy. Maybe it's on your nightstand and your phone stays in the kitchen so that before bed, you pick up the journal or the book instead of scrolling through social media again. But here's the bottom line. Our life is a collection of habits. I don't remember who said that, but they are so very right. We run on autopilot. We default to the easy route. Even though I want to take the harder route, like the route with more resistance, at the end of a long, busy, stressful day, my default is the easy way and so is yours. We must make an effort to create our habits. We have to make the good habits easy and the ones that we want to break harder. Now, don't think that you're going to have to keep the batteries out of the remote forever or keep your workout shoes next to your bed forever or, you know, never have food in your pantry at eye level, right? It's not a forever thing. You just need to do those things long enough for them to become your default, for what you want to be the habit in your life to become your default. The key to habits is not only to line them up on the path of least resistance, but also to be consistent. Because habits and change are not built on inconsistency. I'm going to say that again because it is so very true. But it's the way that it's like so many of us are trying really hard to be inconsistent but have all these changes take place in our lives. Habits and change are not built on inconsistency. You have to be consistent. This is why you have to make them easy. The easier you perceive the easier you perceive them to be, the more likely you are to continue to do them. It is not a matter of willpower. Willpower is a limited resource that we should not be relying on. Set your day to work for you. Like make an effort to do that. Set up your action so that each positive action takes the least amount of decision making possible. Don't blame your choices on willpower. Don't wait to make positive changes until you have more willpower. Get your habits set. Once you do, the positive things just become your default. So willpower, that's what I've got for you guys today. I hope that you have an amazing week. As we get closer and closer to the end of 2020, I want to encourage you to just act. Act. You don't need to wait for January 1st, 2021 to make a change, right? You've got time left this year to get a head start on the changes that you want to make. So start now. Next year isn't going to be a better time. It won't be easier to get started just because you waited for January. So start now. If you haven't been into the FF Training Center, now is the absolute perfect time. Putting yourself into a positive environment where you're encouraged and challenged will help you in every single area of your life. We open our doors to you for a week for free. Seriously, no strings attached. You can come in, you can meet us, you can experience our community, you can try our workouts, right? You can see our training styles. All you have to do is walk in the door. So let's go. Let's get better. Let's make changes. Let's set ourselves up for success. You are awesome. You are capable and you are worth the effort. I hope you have an awesome day. Please know that we are here if you need anything from us. Thanks for hanging out with me today. I hope you enjoyed the show. 
You can find me on social media at Fixed On Fitness. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Go have an awesome day.